don't have money. So you see a lot of, you know, lower in, and that's really a class issue and, and race does come into play. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Yeah, I try to make a next month sitting up in fucking Shredder Shiro. I've been doing radio since the first grade. <laughs> what up, guys? Let your voice be heard. Radio, hard body, hard lyrics. Tweeting the MTK because we want to get home or to the show. Easy. And we are back. Welcome, guys, to Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR. 90.3 FM. The voice of Harlem. Hey Alyssa, hey you made it. You made, made it. it. I made it. You made the, it. The bus was awful. Yeah. Sure. If I could, if the people of New York City could fire the MTA, that would be awesome. Unfortunately, well, that would leave us with no other way to get around. I would <laughs> hire the dollar van drivers in Brooklyn. Oh yeah, they drive out. really fast. We'd get into a lot more accidents, <laughs> but no they'd always van. be on time. Six, oh, six. On the upper east side. You would yeah. take her. You would take her. <laughs> I gotta Q-tree. tell you, I, I gotta tell you, I understand your frustration, and the MTA has uh, has messed with me too. But after ten years in Toronto, I very rarely complain about New York's mm-hmm. transit system. Hold on, there's something worse than MTA. Oh, we're the best. Toronto has streetcars oh. in the middle of downtown traffic. Wow, oh, running through that. the six in a streetcar. I couldn't. I don't yeah. think I could do that. <laughs> That's almost as, as absurd as our gun laws. Yeah, it's it's yeah. No, it's almost not quite, but it's. <laughs> well, speaking of things that are absurd, great Actually, segue right shirt. there. Oh. My shirt, you know what, Stanley? Don't even do that. It's multicolored, did. and I really like it. It looks like a Crayola box threw up on you. <laughs> you need to stop, all right? You're not going to throw me off. Because I'm better dressed today. No, you know, you know you're not. Just because I give Stanley a little compliment. Oh, I like your button up. I like your slacks. Salmon Look at him. button up. Stanley looks like Steve Urkel today. Ooh, mm, see? I'm not going to take this. I'm turning my mic off. <laughs> you should turn your mic off. Speaking of um, things that we, I just wish we could turn off, um, gun violence. So mm-hmm. as we know, just this past week, 14 people were killed, 21 were left wounded after a married Islamic extremist couple opened fire at the Inland Regional Center in San Bernardino, California during, during a Christmas party. Shortly thereafter, I mean, um, a number of people started tweeting their quote and quote unquote thoughts and prayers at for the victims mm-hmm. of the families, um, the survivors and, you know, the people that that lost a loved one during this har- horrible shooting. But what I wanted to focus on is why that hashtag thoughts and prayers has been causing so much controversy because i mean it just caused so much backlash if you are in new york city you may have saw or, or probably even i mean no matter where you were i mean there was this new york daily news cover that just went viral um because they called out all of these elected officials particularly gop candidates and republicans in our congress for tweeting out thoughts and prayers for the victims but not taking any action so what the new york daily new york daily news did and put out this um, front page and they said, God isn't fixing this on right on their um, headline. And then underneath the headline, they stated, 
As uh, the latest batch of innocent Americans are left lying in pools of blood, cowards who could truly end gun scourge continue to hide behind meaningless platoons. And, I mean, that was pretty profound. It was very provocative. And then it also led to a lot of backlash of people saying, well, why are you saying that it's wrong to pray? Why are you saying that this, you know, you know, what, this is leading to prayer shaming? So I wanted to open up this panel discussion to you know to you guys and also you guys at home if you're happening to be listening uh, you can call us up at 212-650-6903 you can also tweet us at be heard underscore radio and um and, and answer this question of you know what was your reaction to um you know the, the latest shooting and why are people getting so frustrated with elected officials praying for gun violent victims and um, you know did the backlash actually equate to press shaming so I'm going to throw that at Chad first he is again our special guest in studio with us and he writes about these issues particularly with a focus on gun violence prevention Chad what was your I mean you're on Twitter I think you managed like three or four accounts yeah. <laughs> so you saw that hashtag what were you tweeting uh, well um to answer that question, I made a tweet uh, a couple months ago, and it said, prayers aren't working, more guns aren't working, the NRA way of life is not working. And I threw up a couple hashtags, gun sense, gun control, what, what have you. It's my- that blew up the, that day, like, and that tweet was made months ago. I just had it pinned to the top of my account, and all of a sudden it exploded. It went out another 200, 300 times. And then the next day was the New York Daily News uh, headline that you're talking about. And just as an aside, as a GVP advocate, gun violence prevention advocate, I never expected to find an ally in the New York Daily News. Never once expected that. But they have just come out swinging against the NRA lately, and it's it's given a lot of people hope. But as to your question, why is this happening? Why are people angry about mm-hmm. thoughts and prayers? Yes. Because, I mean, what were we talking about the last time I was here? The challenge for me today is to make this show different than from what I said the last time. When I was here the last time, it was just after the two journalists were shot in Virginia, I think. Here we are again. And that time, um, I was talking about how perhaps this will be the thing that change, that changes things. And since then, there's been Umpqua, uh, there's been the uh, the Planned Parent, two shootings in Colorado yeah, Springs. Yeah, I will address that um, later on in the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just keeps going and keeps going. And after every incident, uh, we've had a mass shooting. We have had more mass shootings this year in America than days of the year. Without. That is absolutely true. Uh, Alyssa, I want to get your thoughts on on thoughts and prayers. I'm sorry. Yeah, the San Bernardino shooting that got all the attention overshadowed another shooting in Savannah, Georgia, where a woman was killed and three more were injured, uh, which nobody heard about. Normally, that would have maybe led the news and I, I don't know the body I actually wasn't believe that there was also a, a shooting in Texas at the That's same right. time if I'm not mistaken so there was actually not, three yeah. shootings wow. going on and if you include the San Bernardino shooting which would make it two other shootings going on at the same time that San Bernardino was going on so that's that's three shootings happening all at the same time. But to address Selena's question about the thoughts and prayers, I don't think it's prayer shaming. It's it's pointing out, you know, people can give their thoughts and prayers, and that's fine. Um, and especially if you're a civilian, that's you know 
fine. If you also want to say, I, I have my thoughts and prayers. But I think the direction of what people are so angry about is the people who are giving their thoughts and prayers are the elected officials that have the ability to mm-hmm. pass laws mm-hmm. to fix these things. Mm-hmm. Exactly but they're right. in the pocket of the NRA. They take a ton of money from the NRA. They're not going to vote against their own interests. And their own interests, I mean the money that fuels their re-election campaigns. And so... That's why they have nothing to offer but thoughts and prayers, mm. because if they offer anything more, that's they're going to watch the money flow right out of their pockets. Yeah, the journalist Igor Kolsky made a huge splash on Twitter and appeared on Rachel Maddow, I think, the next mm. night. And what he did was he went under every Republican and a couple Democrats that were offering their thoughts and prayers. Mm. And what he did was he just tweeted right underneath them what the NRA had ca- contributed to their campaign. I saw that. Um, and that is your answer. That is why people are angry. And going back to what I said earlier, you know, the gun violence prevent uh, the gun violence archive constitutes a mass shooting as four people sh- shot, excluding the shooter, regardless of death. Um, so most mass shootings we don't hear about, just the high profile ones. But even then, when you when we when we when we're dealing with all these high profile shootings, we're getting thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, mm. thoughts and prayers, thoughts and right. prayers, thoughts and prayers. And what happens? Not only do they not do anything, they actually make it worse because they're worthless. Mm. The day after the San Bernardino shootings, uh, the bill came up to prevent people on the no fly list, uh, on the on the right. on the, on the uh, suspected terrorist list. Um, they can legally buy guns thanks to the NRA. Right. Um, and so that came up to vote. And the same Republicans who were screaming about terror attacks and how we've this is all the fault. Like, look at the New York Post uh, headline the same day as the New as the Daily News. When the Daily News was saying God can't fix this. New York Post was saying Muslim killers. Right. And we're definitely going to address that yeah. in more detail. So, so um, but what I'm saying is, is that. The day after they were selling this as the, the ISIS terrorist attack, which it may have been, they voted to let suspected terrorists keep buying guns. I mean, it's, no, no, it's, it, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous that someone on the terrorist yeah. list can will not be permitted to fly on an airplane, but they can buy a gun legally. And I, I know we have a caller on the line who I want to get to. Um, Stanley, thoughts on thoughts and prayers? Well, it's worthless. Yes. It's just like it's like when somebody has some bad news and you don't know what to do, so you go, damn, you'll be all right. <laughs> like I mean, it's, it's no, it's totally useless. And with respect to your religion, Selena, and other people who are religious, prayers, that's fine. You want to pray. But when you can actually do something and you offer to pray, shut the hell up. If there's a, hurric- if there's a hurricane that kills a bunch of people and depletes a town and they need food and you say, I'm going to pray for you, I'm going to tell you to keep your prayers to yourself and send a box yeah. of food. Well, I wouldn't, useless. I wouldn't necessarily take that approach because the thing is, if somebody does offer to pray for me and keep me in their thoughts um, and, and send me well, wishes that that's fine and 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 that's not filling your stomach but no but i'm saying that but i'm saying that to take it a a, a step further if you have something in your power to do then you should do that but i wouldn't stop i wouldn't necessarily tell anyone everybody i don't want your prayer everybody has something in their power to do and that's to reach out to the legislatures and say stop praying and start legislating yeah and you're missing the context lena i'm not talking about people in general i'm talking about these elected officials who can actually do something Mm -hmm. and they're like oh i'm gonna pray for you no Keep your prayers to yourself. Keep your pontifications to yourself, and sign a damn bill. Do something. Okay, well, well they're talking doing about something, but they're doing the wrong yeah, thing. Yeah, like they're, pray- the they're not praying. They're tweeting prayers, and they're pr- they're propping right. up a god that they don't even worship properly. And I'm not interested in it. Right, and and, well and you said. know what? I think that it also sort of hurts. 
people who have who sincerely pray, right? Yes. People who are devout devout Christians or Muslims or practice Judaism, and they you know they they, they do pray and they do try to take actions. Um, but then you just have people who just tweet and just throw these things up, and it just it takes away from the sincerity of it. Um, I know that we do have a special guest on the line. We have Colette Martin, who Colette has also King. been a guest here on Let Your Voice Be Heard, and she is also an activist, a mom, and you know just a, a local resident here in New York City that has decided to take action on gun violence prevention. Um, um, Colette, so you know we opened up this conversation talking about thoughts and prayers and just the frustration that so many people are feeling when elected officials, you know, their immediate response is to, um, you know tweet out a thought and a prayer for a victim but then they do not do anything when it comes right. to passing legislation what was what is your reaction to that so you know i'm going to step out of my my gun violence prevention activist role for a moment and just answer it from sort of this um as a religious person right i'm a catholic by tradition my son is in catholic school i try to uphold you know, the teachings of my religion very badly most of the time, but I can answer it from this, you know, perspective in that um, what I resent about those tweets and those posts on Facebook by these legislators who are just intractable in their position is that it's a fig leaf, and I think that's pretty obvious. You know, they're using it as because they have to say something, this is what they say, because it's it's a way of saying, I'm making it clear that I'm not going to do anything about this problem, but thoughts and prayers, blah, blah, blah. And it just, it reeks of disingenuity, you know? No, um, mm -hmm. Because as a person, you know, from a faith background, the whole point of prayer, when we understand it from the biblical and the theological perspective, the whole point of prayer is action. It's not a means in and of itself. We were taught how to pray in my religion, that comes from the Lord's Prayer. He taught us how to pray. We are asking, Thy will be done. It is an exercise in humility to sincerely pray. It is putting yourself at the service of the God that you believe in, asking that your actions that flow from this event or this problem be guided by His grace and His perfect wisdom, not our human, fallible motives. So, if that answers the question. But that, I, I can honestly say that that is the part of it that I resent the most, because the whole point of prayer is action. Thank you so much for saying that, Colette. I feel like the, these thoughts and prayers coming from these elected officials is about as useful as letters to Santa Claus. They're, they're, yes. not, they're, like, they're not real. And I know people who they pray and they move forward because God says you take one step, he'll take two towards you. You don't just pray and put your head down and walk away from the problem. You actually That's have to do right. something. I, I agree. And I mean, I think that, you know, um, progressives and liberals of religious faith, and, and we are out there, we need to get really loud and really angry about it because I, I resent so much this co-opting of my religion and my faith to be twisted the way it has been. And, uh, and I think we're just going to see more of that, unfortunately, and I think that we should be armed and ready every time another horrible massacre plays out in this country to challenge them on that. 
Right. I agree um, with that, Colette. And thank you again so much for calling in. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. And, and the thing is, another thing that is extremely frustrating is the fact that Congress is fixated on repealing Obamacare and defunding Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. I mean, just within the week of this, of two uh, mass shootings, they took action to do both of these, you know, they took action to repeal Obamacare and to defund Planned Parenthood. And it's like, what is going on? How perverse is that? They are actively making things worse Mm. Um, not only not only with Obamacare with uh, defunding Planned Parenthood everything they're trying to do they voted against uh, Mansion Toomey uh, universal background checks they uh, solidified uh, the guns to terrorists and all they're doing is thoughts and prayers thoughts and prayers thoughts and prayers but all you have to do is look who's paying them right who's who's in their pockets that's where it comes from and prayer shaming is an unfortunate consequence, a side consequence of that, side effect of that. So you would call that prayer shaming? Uh, I personally would not. Um, like, uh, as Stanley said, legitimate prayer is always useful. But uh, there was a, my thought is that God is supposed to have given us all free will. And so why would we pray to change anything uh, if... The onus is upon us to us to do that. And why would we listen at all to people saying thoughts and prayers who are not only actively not doing anything, but making things worse? Right. Um, I, I know we got to go to break, but I yeah. just want to say this last thing. When the Mets were in the playoffs, I used to tweet "Little Be the Base God." He's a rapper, and like he he jokes around that like he can grant wishes. So I'd say, "Hey, Base God, please let the Mets beat this team." You know how useful that was? Not very much because they got they lost four one to the Royals in the World Series because he cannot do anything. Obviously, that's what these people are doing. We cannot make this acceptable. You can't call this prayer shaming because then you give them cover. You have to call them out, pull them out to the carpet, and give them a very hard time. You know mm-hmm. what? People should be. Pr- Praying that the legislature could get something done and they should pray in the direction of the legislators, like tweeting at them saying, hey, I, I think and pray for the victims, too. But I also pray that you'll actually do your job <laughs> and pass some legislation. <laughs> That's my prayer, Alyssa. Um, on that note, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We are going to continue the discussion about the national gun debate in our country right here on Let Your Voice Be Heard. Oh, baby, I'm yours. Oh, baby, I'm and we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR. 90.3 FM. The, the voice. voice of Harlem, Harlem, Thank Harlem, you Harlem. for that, uh, My family. hoarse voice really helps me get that accent out no, just No, I think right. it sounds worse. I think you are a hater, <laughs> No, No, seriously, Stanley. It's like, what? <laughs> you want to hear a poem? No, I really don't. Roses are red. Hey, I have a poem. Happiness is a warm gun. <laughs> what? <laughs> you never heard that before? That's a, really, that's a poem? It's a joke. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh no! Dear God. It comes no, to actually a music lyric, and that's kind of leading me into like the perversity of the way we look at guns in this country. Yeah, people like love their guns; they sleep with their guns. It's yes. you know, and I I shoot guns, but that's uh, I'm not dude shooting guns love is fun. To my gun, drink some beer, shoot at some trees, and well, don't no, do no, that. It's sexy as hell. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I've I've fired a lot of guns uh, in in my life. Uh, everything from handguns to shotguns to rifles. Uh, rifles, yeah. Uh, uh, I was involved in cadets as a younger man and fired the Belgian FNs. Those are beautiful. Yes, um, and I can see the appeal uh, to the right. gun culture. Mm. But what you have is you've got people that take it way too far. I admit yeah. a lot of Facebook pages and some of the comments these guys make are just off the charts insane. 
No, no, you're you're absolutely right, Chad. And again, um, we're back here on Let Your Voice Be Heard, and we're talking about the mass shooting that just happened in San Bernardino in California. And, you, you know, it's just ridiculous about how our elected officials continue to act and just they will not take any action on this issue. And even President Obama came out saying that, you know, if we did pass comprehensive gun um, legislation, it wouldn't necessarily stop every mass shooting, but it would greatly increase the chances mm -hmm. that this wouldn't happen as easily or as much. And I'm in favor of that. I'm in favor of doing anything we possibly can when it comes to a legislative um, com when it comes to legislative measures to stop innocent people from dying. And um, before we went on break, our special guest who uh, who is here, Chad R. McDonald, um, he was talking about how just one day after the attack in California, Senate Republicans voted against a bill that would have prevented suspected terrorists, felons, and the mentally ill from getting guns. Now, this bill would have required suspected terrorists seeking a gun to undergo a background check, something that makes sense, something that the majority of Americans want. However, Republicans echoed NRA arguments that doing so would somehow strip innocent people of their constitutional right to guns as if people's constitutional right to live is less important. Exactly. So, um, and I also, you know, I also came across this study from the Government Accountability Office that found that suspected terrorists brought firearms and explosives from licensed dealers 1,300 times between 2004 and 2014 and in 90% of those cases potential terrorists passed a background check allowing them to legally purchase a gun so again something that makes sense our legislators our elected officials especially the democrats were like let's stop this Yes. And Republicans are like, oh, we're tweeting out our thoughts and prayers, but we should continue this. Yeah. I mean, that's just it. I mean, it's not it's not even as I keep saying, it's not even that they're not taking action. They are taking action, but they're taking it the wrong way. Um, they are not they are not only not doing anything to stop the problem. They're helping make it worse. And they're doing that every day. I have a very plausible solution to get some real gun legislation on the ground. And I want you guys to hear me out. So, for every black man who is listening to the show right now and who I am friends with, we should all go get gun licenses right now <laughs> and then go purchase guns. I guarantee you there will be gun legislation within a week. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because that's sort of what pushed, actually, Ronald Reagan, the conservative mm -hmm. hero, mm -hmm. um, Ronald Reagan, in uh, in the 80s when he was the governor of California, um, there was a black push Panthers. for gun laws, uh, stricter gun laws, and that's because Black Panthers were going out and they were buying firearms. And so it's interesting that you mention that. Um, that also leads into sort of a side conversation about you know whether black people have a Second Amendment right, which I don't want to digress into. It's a very interesting conversation that we can definitely have at a, at a later time or off the air, or even if you want to have that conversation on our blog or on our website, definitely facebook.com slash beheard. Radio, right, um, but right. Um, um, but before we um, just move on, I also wanted to mention there was this report in Think Progress that showed that a radical Islamic terrorist leader, actually leaders, plural, mm -hmm. multiple, mm -hmm. have been urging um, people that sympathize with ISIS and terrorism to yep. purchase their guns in America because of our lax laws. I mean, but the thing is. This is ridiculous, right? But then you have people on the other side who say, well, California has some of the most strictest gun laws in our country, and that didn't prevent a terrorist attack. What do you say to that, Chad? 
Well, there's all kinds of things wrong with that. I mean, you cannot have... A friend of mine named Leah, Leah Gunbarrett has an analogy that I, I borrow all the time. And it's like, imagine you have an apartment building that's infested with cockroaches. It does not matter how many times you clean your apartment, the cockroaches are always going to come back, especially if the guy next door to you is just letting them breed. That's what's happening in California. They're right next door to Nevada. Nevada, nobody cares. That's a lot of the problem with Chicago. They're right next to Indiana. They can just drive out of Chicago 20 minutes, go to a gun show, go to a gun store, get what they want, come right back. Um, strong. The, the reason New York is relatively uh, well off when it comes to gun laws is because the entire surrounding area shares those same gun laws. That's why when you have guns uh, that are used, uh, illegal guns that are used in, in New York, like, for example, the one, the, the firearm that killed the policeman earlier this year, that came from a Georgia gun shop. Mm-hmm. all my lines. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that um, without the universal background checks, without something that's um, across the board... Uh, reasonable and, and safe throughout the whole nation, you're always going to have these problems. That's a lot of the reason why it's so hard to get anything done with gun violence prevention because the problem is many faceted and the sol- there are more than one solutions. Uh, there's more than one solution. There's all kinds of different things you have to implement. And meanwhile, uh, those of uh, uh, those who are in the gun culture, who follow the teachings of the NRA, they're just marching lockstep. In, you know, in a way, I'm kind of happy that, like, this law is not being able to get signed. Because if, if, they, if they were able to get, like, buy-in to get this bill signed and passed right now, they would do what most politicians do. They'd sign a bill, and they'd be like, problem solved, it's over. Mm-hmm. And then and it's not. It's just, a, it's just, like, one reaction. It's one effect from, like, something bad to happen. One reaction that doesn't really address the whole issue, like you mentioned. Yeah. So, in a way... As much as I hate to say this, this is a good thing because it forces them to look at the entire problem because the problem keeps coming back up. We have a caller on the line. We have Will who would like to let his voice be heard on this issue, particularly the gun bill from what I understand. Will, you have about 30 seconds. Um, Did you have a question or comment? Yeah, I did have a comment. Great show, guys. You guys are doing a wonderful job. I just wanted to chime in when you mentioned about the bill that was put before Congress uh, about the bill for the no-fly people and the felons, and uh, maybe people should really zoom in on that. But anyway, in that bill that was brought up, not only did the GOP vote against it, Peter King from Long Island was the one that sponsored the bill, and he voted against his own bill. You know, talk about perversity. Yeah, no, I mean, it, yeah, absolutely. I actually spoke about that at length um, two, week, two weeks ago and about how Peter King, um, but I didn't know that he voted against the bill now, so I thank you, Will, for uh, letting us know, and I actually would love to look into that uh, once we get off the air, and yeah, um, you know, maybe we could uh, put something up if we can find out why, in fact, he voted against his own bill, because that is uh, curious. But it's to me, it's bothersome, because the, it seems like the focus so much in the San Bernardino has been on the terrorism aspect and about whether to define this as terrorism mm-hmm. and and what is terrorism and you know were these disgruntled employees you know apparently they're saying you know she may have uh, sympathized with ISIS but I think when we start talking about terrorism we lose really the focus of what this conversation should be which is about guns right not right. about terrorism and I think that goes back to Selena's point where when we have terrorist groups overseas telling American citizens who may sympathize with them you know go out and buy a gun in your own country because it's so easy to get there that's really should be the focus of the problem I know 
know you wanted to address that, and then I'll uh, keep yeah. going with what the next comment I was going to make. Well, Selena is exactly right. I mean, terrorist leaders are calling for their sympathizers to just pick up guns wherever they want um, in in the states, and you can do that because of our lax gun laws. If you're in California and you can't buy the gun, go next door to Nevada. If you're in New York and you can't buy a gun, a little harder. You got to drive down to Georgia or West Virginia. But once you're in those states, all you have to do is find a gun show, and somebody in a parking lot will sell you an AR-15. I don't really even think it's that difficult. Um, you I can mean, buy a video. You can see video of this on YouTube. I mean, I think I think it's great. You already addressed the point that I was going to make about, you know, if you have gun laws in one state that are very strict, but you have very loose gun laws in other states that are not. It makes mm-hmm. it very easy um, to, for to the guns to, to slow. I mean, the I-95, which is the road that runs from Florida all the way up to New York, is known as the Iron Pipeline. Mm-hmm. It's known as the Iron Pipeline because if the amount of guns that are sold legally in the southern states that are then transported illegally through state lines and end up up in New York. In fact, as you mentioned, the gun that killed those two police officers was actually sold at a gun store. It was actually a bait store. In a gun and tackle. They sold guns store. on the side um, and they got in with a crowbar the size of like a foot or a foot or two long. Just Jimmy the door took it and that was it. So you can have wow. people say, "Oh, we have so many gun laws on the books. Why do we need more laws? More laws? More laws?" It's not about more laws, right? It's it, we can have thousands of gun laws on the books when they have huge gaping loopholes mm-hmm. in them. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter how many we have. The idea isn't necessarily that we need more laws. It's that we need to fix the laws that we have and make them better to close these giant loopholes that we have. I just want to give you some quick statistics. In Germany and the Netherlands and Austria, um, your chances of getting killed by a gun by shooting is about two in one million people. In Poland and in England, your chances of being killed by gun violence is about one in one million. In Japan, it's one in 10 million. In the United States, it's 31 in every one million. So two to one million, one to one million, and then here in the U.S. it's thirty-one to every one million. That number. My country. Yeah, I mean, you are literally potentially at risk to be shot when you go to the supermarket, when you go to the movies, when Mm -hmm. you go to the mall. There's nowhere in this country where you are safe from potentially being shot, and not even in a southern state where they say, oh, well, somebody's around with a gun. Guess what? That shooting that happened at the movie theater in Trainwreck, people who were there had concealed carry permits, and they had weapons on them, and nobody stopped that guy when he walked into the movie. So no good guy with a gun was there to prevent that shooting in a state that has one of the most lax gun laws on the books. That is crap and it's a crap argument and let's mention like these gun laws have gaping holes in them let me tell you about one of those gaping holes so they were talking about how in california um assault rifles are um legal but then they mentioned that what nra usually does is like they'll just change their name and like maybe like a little bit of the branding of the gun Mm -hmm. and it does it has the same functions Mm -hmm. but they just like make some minor adjustments like they might maybe like put a star on the side of it or give it like a smiley face or whatever it is and then they'll be like oh this is not an assault rifle anymore those are kind of holes. The, the favorite argument that uh, the gun lobbies and, and members of the gun culture use is that criminals don't follow laws. Well, there are two answers to that. Actually, there's more than two answers to that, but I'll just give you two for now. Yeah, let's just take off first the of all, yeah, First of all, most high-profile mass shooters uh, uh, don't have a, pri- a previous criminal record. They have a gun, but they were never a criminal before. Your most common mass shooter is a white guy offing his family, and it happens almost every day. Uh, those are the ones that we don't hear about. The other answer I have for that comes from uh, two friends of mine, writers, Devin Hughes and Ellen DeFilippis. They uh, run a site called Armed with Reason, and they write for The Trace. And they've done exhaustive studies 
um, on, on how gun laws work and how they're undermined. And what they've discovered is that it's not that criminals don't follow laws. It's that criminals are more likely to circumvent laws that are weakly enforced. Yeah. And that's why you have all these shootings in areas, that, as, as uh, Alyssa was saying, you know, 31 in a million Americans have a chance of getting shot, but that's mostly, as she said, going to happen in a red state. It's mm. going to happen where everybody has guns. You're going to be just in a Texas, in a roadside bar, and all of a sudden a biker gang is going to start a shootout in the, in the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, you're going to go to a movie theater in Louisiana, and you're going to have somebody shooting. You're going to be in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and someone's going to open up on, on, on a recruiting center in a strip mall. Everybody around there has guns. Colorado Springs, two mass shootings in the past month. It's in open carry where they were. It was all open carry. So so the other thing that, that bugs me is they all say, oh, when seconds count, the, min, the, the police are minutes away. Everybody in Colorado Springs should have been firing at everyone and the, the guy in Planned Parenthood and the previous dude uh, that was shooting up people in Halloween. And two Iraq war veterans have been killed in Colorado Springs uh, in the last two shootings. They both survived tours in Iraq and both of them died in Colorado Springs. I actually heard a vet come out and say he felt safer in Iraq than yeah. he does here mm. in America, it's which is a pretty crazy. sad state of affairs. But I just wanted to make a final comment, which is, uh, at least with respect to people that are quote-unquote law-abiding gun owners, right? They make a purchase legally. They're not a prior felon. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have a mental illness that would prevent them from buying a gun. Um, my line on that is, you know, all those people are law-abiding gun owners until they're not. Until exactly. they get into an argument with somebody who cuts them off and they decide to pull out their gun and, and kill their four-year-old daughter. And, right. and, and shoot through the back seat of the car because they're mad that the guy didn't signal before he changed lanes. Yep. Uh, so, you know, everybody, every one of those people is a law-abiding gun owner until they decide to no longer abide by the law anymore. So yep. that leaves us to solutions, right? We see what our elected officials are doing, aimlessly tweeting thoughts and prayers, um, and taking action the other way, as you keep pointing out, Chad, that's just making it worse. What can we do? What should we do? I mean, we, we live in a blue state here mm -hmm. um, in New York where we have legislators who, you know, could think common have some common sense when it comes to guns. But what can other people do and what should we all be doing um, well, in this issue? I'm just some guy. Um, I started getting involved. Like Sandy Hook was it. I mean, mm. as I've said before, to my shame, it was never something that I was mo I, I could motivate myself to do until Sandy Hook happened. And then I felt there was no choice. Um, and I just started reaching out. And this is the day. These are the days of social media. Everybody is on Facebook or on Twitter or on Snapchat or on Periscope. I don't even know what Periscope is. Um, <laughs> but. That's where the movement, I mean, after Sandy Hook, there was, a, there was suddenly a, a huge leap forward with gun violence, the, the gun violence prevention movement. And uh, it, it's, a lot of that is thanks to social media because now people can directly connect with each other. Uh, so there's a ton of, there's a ton of organizations that, that are doing a lot of good. Moms Demand Action uh, for Gun Sense in America, obviously, is the most well-known one. There's also uh, the Coalition to Stop Gun Violence in America. They're excellent. Uh, there's the organization uh, uh, New Yorkers Against Gun Violence for local uh, for local people. I'm part of that. They're excellent. Um, you can reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter if you need help with direction. I can help you with that. Chad R. McDonald on Facebook, Chad Mac 19 on Twitter. There are all kinds of things you can do. Uh, after Sandy Hook, I began writing and I began looking for places that would host my work. I got connected with Quiet Mike that way. Um, 
but people are getting angrier and angrier and angrier about this. This has been one hell of a year. Mm. And so what's, what you're seeing now is, um, for the first time ever, gun violence prevention has become an electable platform. And I think in 2016, you're going to see a massive change because especially if Donald Trump gets the Republican nomination, that's, that's oh, going to oh. ensure a clean sweep for Democrats, no matter who the candidate is. <laughs> and you're going to, you're going to see the GOP bleed out the Senate and, uh, and whatever state municipal things, uh, uh seats are up, they're go- They're going to lose those too. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there was an article written a little while ago talking about how the, the GOP was already in danger for the 2016 election right. simply because that's when everybody shows up. Right. Yeah. Right. Because the the, th- the three off year elections, Democrats stay home, and that's how they get all their states, right. and get all exactly. and, and and that's how they push through these these that's, these crazy gun bills. Yeah. So now now twenty sixteen, especially if Trump gets the nomination, and it's really looking like he's gonna, um, Democrats are going to come out in force, and not just Democrats, just regular people who don't consider themselves politi- political or just want to sit on the couch. They're going to come out and vote against that guy because he's frightening. Right. And that's something to <laughs> actually look forward to. We're actually giving final comments right now. Um, again, final thoughts from the panel. What can we do? What should we be doing when it comes to something on this issue? Our elected officials aren't doing it. What should we do? Final yeah. comments. Well, um, here's the thing. I want to actually read you something that Colette just tweeted at us. Uh, it's coming from the gunviolencearchive.org and it says that in the week since the Planned Parenthood shooting, there have been 521 incidents of gun violence in America where somebody was shot or killed. 249 people have been killed and 428 people injured. In 94 of those 521 incidents, more than one victim was shot. That is in one week, mm-hmm. one week mm-hmm. in America. So, and another statistic that I happen to know is even out of NRA members and gun owners, only 6% of gun owners think that we shouldn't have a universal background check law. That means that 94% of gun owners that include people that are NRA members believe that we should have uh, closed this loophole um, regarding the background checks. Mm-hmm. And so my call to action would be if you're a gun owner and if you're a member of the NRA, resign we really, one, resign your dues from the NRA, but really, we really need your voice in this conversation also. Uh, if you're one of the 94% of gun owners that supports closing this background loophole, you need to speak up on this too because, you know, we can't do this without you. Thank you, Alyssa. So I'm going to keep this very simple because I think my idea, what I'm going to say is going to really help get some legislation um, on paper. My name is Stanley Fritz. I am a supporter of Black Lives Matter. I have been to many protests mm-hmm. against police violence, and I'm going to go buy a gun. <laughs> <laughs> legally. Yes, legally. Um, I mentioned legally, and I'm also an African-American male. Right, right. I'm going to help Stanley fill out that permit. And you know what? I love Stanley's call to action. Chad, love that you dedicated your life. And Alyssa, you brought up a great point that what NRA members themselves should be doing. Um, I think that, you know, when, when it comes to, I think we are finally heading in the right direction when it comes to putting a spotlight on this issue. For the first time in, I think, 95 years, the New York mm-hmm. Times put an editorial on their front page, and it had to do with a outcry and backlash against all of these mass shootings. And in that editorial, they called for some legislation, something to stop. We see what happened with the New York Daily News. 
everybody is really focused upon it. I mean, I think that, you know, even after Sandy Hook, some people were like, well, you know, we want to continue to put guns in the hands of the quote unquote good guys. But that's that's not the solution. And I think that we're finally coming to realize that as a nation, when it comes to media outlets, when it comes to social media and when it comes to just average citizens, we're all we're all taking a stance. And I think that it that's what we need to continue to do. Speak out against it. Call your legislators. If you're part of NRA, go to, I don't know if they have board meetings, but just say, this is getting ridiculous. Is it going to take someone in your immediate family to die yes. before you finally want to put a stop to these ridiculous loopholes? Is that what it takes? Well, you, I mean, I yeah. mean. What I mean, the mass shooters, I mean, I, I guess they're just waiting for them to shoot up their facility and their office and their, you know, their corporation. And then maybe they'll um, stop putting so much money um, in, in the hands of our, our elected officials in order to just support their just agenda. Me- right. Their agenda and a means to just make more money. Um, I know we have to close this segment right now. So we're, we're, we do have to. Put this at end, but you know what, Chad? We'll definitely invite you back again because I mean, it just keeps happening. It's ridiculous. It's, it's yeah, ridiculous I'll be back what's going and I'll on. Try to say something a little different. But. Right? No, no. We appreciate everything <laughs> that you ha- said today, <laughs> and it's the issues that the issue is redundant at this point. And yeah. it's you know what else can we say? But there is things that we can do. On that note, we are going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We're coming back with the news roundup and some. I have a really juicy story about George Zimmerman, so don't go anywhere. This is let your voice be heard.